Agus Faltrovishtach, and you're very welcome to Dublin on this rather cold, misty, foggy afternoon. Well, it wasn't quite as cold as this, but it was certainly foggier last Wednesday when I arrived in Birmingham. I came up from London by train, something like an hour and a half, and as we got nearer to Birmingham, it seemed to get foggier and foggier, and the city was like, oh, a great grey shadow nestling down in what seemed like a valley. However, I soon got out of the greyness and found myself heading out to the outskirts, where I met perhaps one of the greatest men among the Irish over there, Father Paul Byrne of the Catholic Housing Aid Society. There are at the moment 40,000 families, and that's not people but families, on the council waiting list. There are also 40,000 who are acknowledged to be living in unfit conditions and nearly 60,000 who are in overcrowded conditions. Basically, this means that for anybody with children, it's impossible, miraculous even, to find rented accommodation. Very, very difficult indeed. And this is basically the problem. And where do you fit in? Well, it's my job to look after the Catholic Housing Aid in Birmingham and in the surrounding area. This is uh, Father Eamon Casey's society, which he began in Slough, and which has now got um, branches all over Britain. And what we do, two major jobs. One is preventative. We try to get the young people, before they're married, get them to save, give them advice. We've eight different places in the city, advice bureau, people giving their time freely. These are professional people who can advise a young couple on what a mortgage is, what mortgage they will get, set them saving targets, motivate them into saving, take the money from them after banking hours, open building society accounts, and generally steer them through as quickly as possible to a home of their own rather than have them go into a, uh, a flat where they're paying dead money for years and where they eventually run into trouble. This is the preventative side of the work. The other side is um, a combination of that and curing of some of the tragic cases. And for this, we need property. In other words, if you interview, as we do uh, every Friday night and, and more frequently sometimes, you soon find out that it's not just enough to give advice. There are many people who come into us and it's not enough to say, well, go away, save five pounds a week and come back to us in a year. Um, these are the people who are either actually homeless or on the verge of being it or who wouldn't be able quickly to save a deposit. And for these, we have all sorts of schemes, most of them from the fertile imagination of Father Casey, who has evolved them over years. And as I said, this involves going into buying property. Now, for this, we've set up what's called the Housing Association. This is a limited, non-profit-making company. And we've bought, now, we have 140 units using council money. The council are giving us 100% mortgages. They recognise that we're helping them in our own small way to solve the housing problem in the city. And we've also got um, money from Shelter, which is the National Campaign for Homelessness. They gave us £15,000 grant two weeks ago, and they're going to pay the cost of administering our offices for the next three years. After that, we'll have enough, we hope, we should have then 450 units and we're taking a little off the rent every week for a management we'll be able to run it and shelter can then help somebody else. In what fields do you find the Irish in Birmingham? What are their main work outlets? Now, the main one is um, on building work. This is now from everybody, from the man who's <coughs> working on the buildings to the people who run the biggest firms, the, some of the biggest contractors. If you go around the city at the moment and look at the major roadworks, and, and Birmingham has been torn apart by roadworks at the moment, you'll see the Irish names leaping out at you. Um, names like the two Connolly brothers, J.J. Um, Gallagher, 
then the the house building men like Terry Walsh, um, Tom Dowd on on road, and the big flyover up here at Five Ways is being done by his farm and so on. Um, demolition contractors, um, to you'll see them all over the place, like John Courtney's lorries, Coleman's. You'll see the Irish names on the big trucks and on the hoardings all over the place. In London, the mm. Irish have tended to stay in the Camden Town area, where lots yes. of them have. Have you areas such as this in Birmingham? Yes, I think Spark Hill has tended traditionally to be the Irish place. They say there are 13,000 um, or so Irish, or certainly a parish of 13,000. I'd imagine most of them are Irish. There are some roads where the, all of them are Irish. And also... Um, other areas where they're moving from Spark Hill a little bit at the moment, places like Kings Heath, Hall Green on the south side. But they do tend to be in, in areas. Do you find that they have confidence in you and the society, that they come to you of their own accord? Yes, this is happening more and more. I'm concerned with the fact that, for instance, in Spark Hill, where there are thousands of Irish, and many of them living in flats and in rooms, don't yet come to us enough. I, I don't think they realise how much we can do for them with with so little really because very often it's a case of advice at the right time, a little push in certain cases um, and we've also got this other scheme, uh, what we call a halfway house scheme for married couples where we can put them in a flat for two years they pay us rent we make them save as well, collect their savings and their rent and then if they have saved we give them back the profit element of the rent for a deposit towards the, as well as their savings and they move into a home of their own after two years somebody else moves into that flat and so it continues last year um, in, in England we got 628 couples buying their own homes this year we hope to expand that quite a lot Do you find English people coming to you? Yes um, most of the people we still deal with are Irish but uh, we are concerned with moving out of this um, so that we, uh, and to let it be known that we're not just a Catholic housing aid society as we're named, we'll help anybody and not just the Irish but Birmingham has a problem here um, to qualify for a council flat one must be five years in the city before you're even considered on this 40,000 family waiting list which means that the people who really need housing from us outside of the council system are very often the Irish and because we're based on Catholic parishes we tend still, our advertising, if you like to put it like that, is still at parish level. But we're trying, we're getting in touch with personnel officers, we're letting as many people as possible know we have this service, we'll help anybody. And so we're getting gradually all the people. Do you have many of the Oblate Fathers over here in Birmingham? Yes, um, the parish where I have lived and I'm living at the moment, just beside us here in Mid-City, is um, an Oblate Parish. Uh, um, six of us there. Um, Father Murphy in the Irish Centre here, where I was before, is an ablet, and both of us are sort of lodgers in the house. We, we don't have time to do parish work, and um, they're very busy in the parish. They have a huge, sprawling mid-city parish with uh, Father Michael Buckley, a Corkman parish priest, and all the rest of the fathers Irish, and always have been, I think. How do you like Birmingham? Well, I find it very interesting. As a city, it has, I, I think, a reputation which is um, based on what people see of mid-city and also what they think it should be like. Parts of Birmingham are very nice. I find, of course, working with the Irish, it's, it's nearly like being at home because I see so many of them. I don't have time to, to regret it. Do you think they become part of their society over here? I don't think they do sufficiently. When you consider that they're what, the official 
popula Irish population is 60,000, and I know it's more than that, they haven't yet made the impact on the society that they could and should do. If they were to go into local politics, trade unionism and so on, I feel that they could make more of an impact they, uh, in business as well, perhaps. Sister Dominic, how big is the Irish Centre here? Um, do you mean the actual building? Yes, what, what do you it's, have here, in fact? Here we have a shop where we sell all Irish goods, and then we have the Welfare Centre, which Father and I run. I'm a strained social worker. Father is here all during the day. He meets the people, the boys and girls coming over from Ireland. We arrange accommodation and employment for them. And then I visit families and boys and girls in the city who get into various sorts of trouble. Um, these are referred to us by priests in Ireland, parents at home worried about their sons or daughters, or by some of the departments, the state departments, like the children's or the probation department, boys who come over and get into trouble and land in prison. You must be very busy, sister, then. Yes, we are, we're terribly busy. We find it difficult to cope with this visiting. As you imagine, we visit the entire city, which takes up a lot of time. And you've got a big number of Irish here, then, of course. Yes, there are over 55,000 Irish in Birmingham. And how are they making out, mainly, would you say? The majority of them are doing very well, come over and get jobs and settle down. It's just the minority who find it difficult to cope with a new way of life. Do many come into the little shop to here? Yes, the shop is doing very well. We sell a lot of Irish records and iron sweaters go very well. Do English people come in, in fact? Yes, they do, yes. But we like the Irish people coming in because they all say it reminds them of home and they see all the Irish goods and they meet somebody Irish and we have a chat about home. I think it's, it's nice. You said, sister, you were a trained social worker. Where were you trained? In Birmingham University. Oh, you're straight out of the city here, in Yes, fact. which is better. And was your training geared for the city, it was? Yes, yes. What types of Irish do you think are most likely to get into trouble or to be, have problems? Um, I suppose the boys and girls who come over straight from school, come over at, say, 16, they left school at home at 14. They've had very little education, which means it's difficult for them to get a job with any sort of reasonable pay. And, and of course, they when they come over, they're not paid, are they, immediately? No, no, this is a problem. You're an Irish sister of charity, are you, sister? Yes, that's Have you right. got a convent here? We have, yes, we have a convent in Saltley. We have two schools, a junior school and a secondary modern school, mainly all Irish as well, or Irish parents. I was going to say this. And Does the social work take up much of your time? Oh, I, it takes up all my time, morning, noon and night, and very little time, just manage to fitted my duties at home. You get lots of letters, do you, from people at home who are worried do. about their children? Yes, yes, we get quite a number from the emigrant bureaus in Ireland. We get quite a lot of contact. Do you have any advice course. to give young people who might be coming over, or their parents? Oh, yes. First, make sure if you're coming over that you have an address to come to and that you have enough money to keep you going for at least a fortnight. I'm looking now at some headlines from the Birmingham Evening Mail and under it, caption... Irish Mail. Headlines, Get You to Cork Plan is Ready. Another says, Civic Link with Galway. Then, Success Stories that Started in Midlands. Britain's Motorway, Debt to the Irish. Priest Seeks Midland Ideas for Ireland. Social Club Pays for a £1,000 Trip. John Daniels, you are the writer of this column. How did it come about? Uh, the column's been appearing each, each week in the Evening Mail for something over 12 months. 
it was uh, a preliminary to it were a number of complaints from Irish people in Birmingham that the Irish in the Midlands appeared in the papers only if they happened to be in trouble. Uh, this is an old story that goes back some years, whether it was justified or not is uh, not for me to say, but the editor of the Evening Mail, Mr Frank Owens, took the complaints very much to heart and some years ago asked me if I would try to cultivate a better contact with the Irish population here in Birmingham and roundabout. This eventually developed uh, into the establishment of the Irish Mail last year. Do you find it difficult to get information for it? It is more difficult than I would expect, uh, certainly because I have very many more contacts than I had 12 months ago. It's easier in this respect, but there are many organisations in the English Midlands that I haven't yet uh, come into contact with. Time doesn't always permit me to make a personal visit to any particular organisation, but the facilities that are offered by this weekly column are, as far as we know, unique, and I would have expected more people to be uh, eager to notify us of what their events, personalities and so forth were. What is this headline, Civic Link, with Galway? Uh, this concerns a young man by the name of Patrick Mullins, who was born at Warwick, here not far from Birmingham, but his mother was born at Letter Mullen, where he has many relatives still. He is the first youth mayor of Birmingham. Birmingham now has a youth parliament, which was elected earlier this year, and the members of the youth parliament elected Patrick Mullins as their youth mayor. Strangely enough, the youth mayoress... Um, is of Maltese origin, but uh, Patrick is hoping that uh, he will pay his first visit to Ireland during his term of office as youth mayor. Now let's take another headline, Britain's motorway debt to the Irish. Your comment on this one? Uh, this uh, derives from a conversation in uh, one of Birmingham's Irish clubs. Uh, I met there some months ago man by the name of Jack Maloney. Uh, this was at the Four Provinces Club at King's Heath. I began to talk to him then but didn't meet him again until uh, a few weeks ago when we had a long session uh, at the office here. We have a pleasant bar and we sat up there and chatted for about two hours. Um, he is a self-taught engineer who came from Ireland with only a few pence in his pocket and uh, unknown to his own father, and began to work here in Birmingham on uh, a river drainage scheme in the 1930s, I think it was. He is now a very prominent road engineer uh, with a very responsible job, responsible to the Ministry of Transport, and uh, in recent years, anyway, has built something like 30 miles of trunk road and motorway uh, that have cost round about £30 million. He's a very popular uh, man among the Irish community here in Birmingham, not only because he's respected so much for his professional knowledge and know-how, but because he's a very sociable character who's very well known as <coughs> a singer of no little repute.
Before you began to write this column, had you in fact come into contact with the Irish very much? Uh, yes, uh, I have uh, a, a little Irish blood in my veins. It was my great-grandfather who was my last living link with Ireland, as it were, and uh, he came, I'm led to believe, from Athlone. So perhaps when I was reporting on the evening mail here, I was an appropriate person to choose to try to cultivate better relationships with the Irish. But I recall one St. Patrick's Day in particular when I went to Birmingham Council House to cover the visit of uh, a group of French journalists to the Lord Mayor. No one was doing a St. Patrick's Day story for us that day, and I can remember coming out of the Lord Mayor's parlour after this uh, reception for French journalists, seeing a number of little Irish step dancers and people standing about in one of the lounges at the council house and I thought well I'd better pop in and get something if it's only just one paragraph. I was greeted there by um, a, a Kerry girl called Philomena O'Driscoll who's been a, a prominent member of uh, Birmingham's Irish community for some years who took me by the elbow and said, why don't you come and do something about various other Irish activities? And she introduced me later that week to the County Kerry Association, and it was through contacts that I made there that I really began to become involved in Irish affairs and Irish activities here. There's a certain image of unreliability I see looking at the column here, one of the articles. Is this image changing? Um, an image of... Uh, that the Irish are unreliable. Um, yes, I would think it's uh, it's changing. Uh, many, many people, English people particularly, I think are becoming aware that Ireland and Ireland's economy are very different from Ireland and the Irish economy of something like 10, 20, 25 years ago. I think English business people have uh, come to recognise uh, Ireland as a country to be reckoned with. Very many more people know Ireland because they holiday there and the Irish Tourist Board is selling the country so successfully. Um, probably English people still regard the Irish personality and the Irish way of life as being very different from our own. Um, many, many English people envy the Irish many uh, qualities. But I would think on the whole uh, the image of Ireland is is very much better here, or the image not of Ireland, but the the image of people from Ireland is very much better here than it was a um, couple of decades ago. By the way, I should say that much and indeed any of this programme mightn't have been done without the great help of Father Paul Byrne. He whisked me about like a dervish here, there and everywhere in Birmingham. One of the most important and most pleasant places I visited was the Convent of the Irish Sisters of Charity, and if they're listening in today, thank you very much for the king-size supper. I really enjoyed it, and I couldn't have needed it more at the time. I recorded some Christmas greetings in the convent, but I also met one of the sisters who was an Irish speaker, and I asked her how many nuns they had in the convent. <laughs> Um Erangate Dalshis Eran Kedas Fihula Jamehev and Blian uh Milanikit Sitrakashakt Ak Tamajan San 
Will a lawn ironing in a mask? Tagalors on canter shot, Tashi lawn, Jenner Guilaha. Codastat Fane, yours. Oh, Condawio, Elasa, Condawio. Take him. A hangshilat, Tartansa. Um, we may a London or fair Jem Lean, Augusta, Ard Glinder, or um, Nurahanic Mansha. Could she deny an archon will need small goil? No, Maravi i London. Kawaran Klaharagavi London. Ta Kara Kara Klaharagan i London. A han kanavi mission she Klaharniv Mura i Walthamstow E17. Kalawash Fainal Skyl. Vi me i Klaharniv Mura, Krashi Willina Kandawiyo. Ak Rivshin vi me eg ar Klaharfain i me lesa. Naravi me gahanog. A will go ahead go to Gokus. Um, Neil, ach vi galor gwelig eg ma wahar ni rau pioc eg ma ahar um, bannach gilis gilin ahanam ach agus rogu i ngalif e rau e'n gwelig ar bihig a fai'n tuwe'n sian sin i sianach ar gwelig yn lawr tan sa Neil, ach biegon i'n ymas na siwrach a wel Neil, pashter bihin sa stoch o'n ngweltacht Sialam nach wil ach nilam nilan Neil, um, 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 in Hebrew, who got the stock? Neil. A gentle while in there. Who may an Well, it Shilum, <laughs> 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 Dalsus, Tivla Tiv, Lishna, Lishna Chiha, we follow. Kaledavas Erna Pashti and Sahanish. Um, Ta Jeffrey Moore, Shilamsha, Ijana Pashti and Shah, Augustina Pashti, in London. Um, we turn a Pashti and Shah, Marna Pashti and Air and Shilam, been on Sport Kena, Kuagus, Tashi the Lange Cree, Maravina Pashti in Smalay and Hafein. Tony Small Aku e Mariella Roddy and Downshaw, which are television, I guess Roddy Marshin. Ak Tashi Bergna, I guess Bunta Marshin Fain. Ak the V. Shan Nosena, Egne Poschi in London. Bajor Nahwil Shinigat, Akshin Mahurumshi. Karamago to Hewitt. Well, without a doubt, there's Irish music and good Irish music played in Birmingham. And here, just to prove it, is the little piece called The Lock in the Morning. It's played for us by Paddy Ryan and Kathleen Laurie. 
Kathleen Laura, you are, I believe, a member of the Cayley Band, which won a prize at the Erachtus this year. What did you win, and what's the name of the band? Uh, well, the band is the Birmingham Colthus Cayley Band. It's a branch of Colthus Colthory Aaron. And we won the All-Ireland Award for the Erachtus. It's a government award. How many have you in the band? We have ten in the band, in the senior band, but we also have a junior band as well. Oh, you have a second team, have you? Yes, um, they're all under 14, you know. How long has the band formed? Well, the senior band is formed about six years. We've been going over to Ireland regularly, competing, you know. You've been on an old Cayley house, I believe, have you? Oh, a few times, yes. And uh, what's business like here? Uh, well, business... Cayley band business. Cayley band, oh... Well, we have quite a few bookings, and there's a great demand for Cayley music and dancing in Birmingham, which is surprising, really, because it's been going strong for a number of years, long before we came to Birmingham, in fact. Now, you would seem to me to have a local type of accent. Yes, I was born over here, but my mother is from Roscommon, from outside Boyle. How old were you when you began to play the accordion? At 14. It appeals to you very much, obviously, as it an does, instrument. yes. Well, I started... Um, I always heard Irish music from my mother and from her father as well and her two brothers play so I've always heard it and when we were young we used to go dancing to Irish dancing and the love of music just grew up that way. What do you do nowadays? What do you do for a living? I'm at college at the moment to train for a teacher. Where is this? This is in Birmingham, in Camp Hill. How many years do you have to do there? Three years. I'm in my second year now. Your second year. You're practically halfway, more than halfway there. More than half, yes. Where will you hope to teach then, here in Birmingham? Here in Birmingham, yes. You must meet a lot of the Irish now, and it's interesting for you, as you're an Irish person at one remove. Mm. How do you see them? Uh, well, most of the people I do meet, in fact, are Irish because of all the social activities we do have, and I get on very well with them. And, in fact, I really count myself as Irish because I don't really have a lot to do with English people. Are there any other Irish girls in the training college? Oh, yes, there's quite a few, yes. And they seem to get on very well over here, too. But they always keep the Irish aspect alive, you know. We never let it die. Do many people gather in, say, in the evenings for Cayley sessions or music sessions or singing sessions in the winter? In the college. Always. I mean in Birmingham, in, in the Bir- Irish oh, houses. Oh, yes, we have lots of holies, especially in the wintertime, because people have to knock off work early. And there's probably from 8 o'clock until the early hours of the morning, several nights... Have you played at Cayley's in Ireland? Yes, we've played at a few. When we go over to compete at the Flower Kells, we usually have a Cayley over there. And that was Birmingham. Hope you enjoyed it. And so, from me to you, you at home, Slán the Guiv, and you out in your cars, heading off out into the fog. Slán live until next Monday. Bye now. <laughs>